America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hi YouTube, it's Joshua Miles and welcome back to my channel. I know what you're thinking, a true crime video on a Wednesday. What? If you watched last Sunday's video, then you'll know that throughout this week, I'm gonna be featuring some other true crime YouTuber creators on my channel. I explained all the why and how and what in my previous video on Sunday, so be sure to go and check that out. I'll leave a link to it in the iCards above. Today's guest true crime YouTuber is a creator called Zoe Wallace. You can find links to her YouTube channel in the description below and probably in the iCards too, so be sure to go binge watch all of her videos once you've finished watching this one. I'm just gonna give my usual disclaimer for this video. I just like to point out this video is not being made to cause disrespect or anything like that. It has been made to spread awareness about this case by compiling information from various different public sources on the internet. Now with all that being said, let's delve right into this video. Hi and welcome back to Josh's channel. I hope you don't mind me taking over for today. My name's Zoe, I'm a true crime YouTuber here on YouTube. I am only a small channel at the moment but I'd fully appreciate if you enjoy this case to go and jump over to my channel and just take a look at what I do and if you do enjoy it to subscribe and join my little family that I have on YouTube. So today we are going to be talking about a very bizarre case. Now I found this case online and it drew me in from the minute that I found it and I'd never heard about it before. I'd never seen anybody cover it as far as I know on YouTube so it really really drew me in to find out more. Now the police work on this case has really let me down and I've got a feeling it'll probably let the people down that are watching this video as well. It was really really bad police work in my opinion. I am going to try and keep my opinions out of it the best I can as it's not about my opinions, it's about the person and it's about the case. So let's get right into today's case. Today we are going to talk about Brandon Lawson. On the 8th of August 2013, Brandon Lawson left his home in San Angelo in Texas around 11.53pm after he had a disagreement with his wife. Now this disagreement wasn't an unusual disagreement, it was a, just a typical disagreement between husband and wife. They were struggling with money, Brandon was ready to start a new job and things just weren't going their way so of course that caused him to have a few little arguments. He did call his father and ask his father if he could stay there but his father insisted that he was to talk to his wife Ladessa before making the decision to drive to his father's house as his father did live quite far away. At 12am Ladessa called Brandon and tried to talk about the situation and said if Brandon was still angry then he should go to his brothers who lived closer by rather than travelling all the way to his father's home. It seemed like Brandon had refused Ladessa's thoughts of going to his brother's house because soon after they ended the call Ladessa called Brandon's brother just to let him know about how worried she was about him and that she was really concerned. 
at 12.10am, Brandon's brother Carl drove over to Brandon and Ladessa's house just to check up on her and the children and see if they was okay. Now, they briefly talked and then soon after he left. At 12.36 and at 12.48, Brandon attempted to call Ladessa but she didn't answer. So he called his brother Carl and let him know that he was stuck on Highway 277 because he ran out of gas and this highway was near Bront in Texas. So Carl called Ladessa and let her know of the situation. She said she would leave a gas can on the porch and that she was going to charge her phone and get a bath. At 12.45am, Carl and his girlfriend drive to get the gas can from Ladessa's house. They then plan to fill it up with gas and meet Brandon, but Carl's wage hasn't transferred into his bank yet, so they decided to meet Brandon at his truck and then drive him to get the gas. Now this is where things get bizarre and confusing. At 12.48, Brandon attempts to call Ladessa but she doesn't answer. And then six minutes later, at 12.54am, Brandon frantically calls 911. So the call lasts about 43 seconds and most of the call is inaudible and experts have tried to figure out what was said on this call but they've been unable to. Now I know the call is readily available on YouTube, I'm not too sure if we'll be able to put a clip in here or not. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field, the tape was just pushing guys over. Right here going towards gasoline on both sides. My truck ran out of gas. There's one car here that I checked to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now run that by me. Why we're not talking to him. Hi, so you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him, okay. That's the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? Hello? So Brandon was on the call and advised the call operator that he was being followed in a field and that he had run out of gas. And the call operator asked him where was he but he didn't answer and then there was possible gunshots heard in the background but I don't think that this has been confirmed. Now, Brandon had said there was one guy chasing him and he didn't want to confront them and then the call just ended. So it's unknown what was actually happening during that 911 call, but four minutes later, a truck driver drives past and notices Brandon's truck at the side of the highway. He then calls the police just to let them know that this truck was parked hazardously at the side of the road. At 1.10am, Carl and his girlfriend reach Brandon's truck and are surprised to see the police there. So at first, they wasn't too worried. They hadn't seen any suspicious activity on the way to Brandon's truck. They thought maybe he was hiding in the bushes as he did have an outstanding warrant for an old drug charge. But they tried to contact him numerous times and he didn't answer. But eventually, he answered to Brandon and all he said was, is I'm bleeding, and then the phone cut dead. So they explained to the cop why they was there, they explained that Brandon had run out of gas and they just came to help him, but they're not too sure where he had gone. They said they wasn't sure if maybe he'd gone for a walk or tried to reach a gas station himself. 
So they just said, we have no idea where he is. The cop then briefly searched Brandon's truck and there was nothing inside the truck apart from Brandon's wallet and keys. The cop then made sure that there was nothing hazardous with the truck, he locked the truck and then just proceeded to leave. The cop had also arranged for the truck to be towed at 8am. Once the cop left, Carl and his girlfriend still tried to contact Brandon. They tried and tried and tried and they wasn't getting any response from him. So they decided to start walking, searching and shouting his name. They also was driving slowly up and down the highway just in case he was a bit further down the road. But again, they saw nothing and this did start to worry them. At 3am, they decided to stop searching and return home. Brandon's phone was no longer ringing, so that only meant his phone either lost signal or it lost power. They left the gas can in the back of the truck in case Brandon had decided to go back to his truck and get some gas in the morning. So on the way home, Carl tried calling Ladessa again, but she didn't get his messages until 4.30 in the morning. Now, Ladessa started to get a horrible sinking feeling after seeing and hearing the messages from Carl and also seeing all the missed calls from Brandon. Around 5am she tried to call the police to see if they had an update and they knew nothing about the situation. At 7am Carl's paycheck had cleared so he decided to drive back to Brandon's truck to see if he had managed to leave if not, he was going to fill it with gas for him. And then at 8am, the truck was towed. Whilst it was being towed, the cop was there from the night before. Now, this cop was called Deputy Neil. Deputy Neil decided to check Brandon's last known whereabouts because nobody had seen him for a couple of hours. And he just went around the last known areas that he was, knocked on houses, asked a few questions, but nothing seemed suspicious and also nobody had seen him or knew anything. His family grew increasingly concerned when Brandon still continued not to get in contact. Now this was really unusual for Brandon, even in the circumstances of the argument between him and his wife. He had four children at home and for him to just not contact his wife in regards to his children or even his children themselves was really, really out of character. So Carl decided to get a bit guilty about the phone call he had with Brandon the night before because he hadn't told anybody about it. So he decided to call law enforcement and let them know about the call from the night before where Brandon had said he was bleeding. And at this point, his family was still unaware that Brandon had made a 911 call earlier that evening. On the 11th of August 2013, a search was conducted by Deputy Neil. The search lasted about four hours and nothing was found, no evidence at all. The police had decided to just assume that Brandon had maybe hitchhiked out of town and that he was no longer in town anymore. Or maybe that he decided to just leave and leave his family after the disagreement and just make a fresh start. Now the police published this to certain newspapers and obviously it infuriated his family because this would give a false sense of 
knowledge to people in the area it would lead to false tips and also it would lead to it would lead to important information being missed the next day Ledessa managed to get her hands on the phone records and this is when his family discovered the 911 call and again they were furious at police because why didn't they inform them of this 911 call why wasn't an officer sent out to the aid of Brandon if he was so frantic on the phone? The family really felt like the police had concealed information from them. With still no contact from Brandon, on the 13th of August 2013, Ladessa decided to officially make a missing persons report. She also hired a private investigator and a ranger to do an aerial search for Brandon. She literally scraped whatever money she had together to hire this private investigator. So they did an aerial search, his friends and family also got involved on foot as well but unfortunately no trace of Brandon was found. A week after Brandon going missing, police finally did an official search and this was the first official search. They searched with helicopters, with people on foot, with dogs and unfortunately nothing came up at all. And two days later they conducted another search with also the search and rescue team and again nothing came up, no trace of Brandon or where he could have possibly gone. So Ladessa then had to quit her job and move homes and this was very hard for her. Without Brandon's income, they struggled a hell of a lot. She was on her own with four children so she needed to move close to her family to have that support and have financial support from them. Even though she had moved, this didn't stop her from trying to find Brandon and trying to find out some sort of answers. She did everything in her power to try and find out what happened to Brandon. She wanted to find out what happened for the sake of her children as well. She created a Facebook page called Help Find Brandon Lawson and she created this page to create some awareness and spread correct information about this case as there was misleading information in the newspapers in the past she wanted to make sure everybody knew the truth so then when it came to tips or important information they would know if it was a definite lead or not. A few months after Brandon had gone missing Carl did become a suspect in this case. Police decided to believe that Brandon had an argument with Carl and then Carl retaliated, maybe injured him and drove him away and left him for dead. But he just did a polygraph test and he passed. Now I know there is a lot of 50-50 around polygraph tests. It isn't, it can't say whether somebody's killed somebody or not. But the fact he passed it with flying colours just shows that he is, just shows that he isn't lying about what happened that night. So Brandon's family are not happy with the police work in this case and that is totally understandable. There is, I think, in my personal opinion, and this is also the family's opinion as well, the police could have done a lot more. Maybe if they took it seriously that the truck was left there in weird positioning with no one around, maybe to run the reg, maybe contact a family member and then things might have got solved a little quicker. 
but unfortunately his family are still trying to get answers. The one big question that runs through Brandon's family's minds is where is Brandon and is he dead or alive? They just need answers and not just for them, for his four beautiful kids as well. He's got a family and they don't know what has happened to their father. They just don't have a clue and it's so sad to see him growing up without a father and growing up with all the what ifs as well. There has been no bank or phone activity since Brandon left so assuming that he just left to start afresh which is one of the police's theories I think he would have to at least use his bank at least have some sort of money to start him off and if he hasn't used his bank since maybe he would have drawn out enough money beforehand maybe he would have drawn out enough money beforehand to last him i don't think he would have ran out of gas as well he would have already thought about that i don't think he would have left himself with no gas if he was planning to just go i just don't understand why he would purposely leave his car and hitchhike and as well he loved his children he did everything for his children so i don't understand how one little argument with his wife could make him leave because to everybody else there was no suggestion of anything going on that would make him want to leave even now seven years on since Brandon went missing they have no answers there's no updates there's no trace of him his family now stop at where his truck was left they placed a cross there for him and they go there to think of their father to have memories because that is all they've got they don't want to totally think of the situation is turmoil. Ladessa wants her kids to remember their father for how he was. She doesn't want them to think of all the possible what ifs. And hopefully one day Brandon's children will know what happened to the father. I think the one important thing about this case is they just need closure and even investigating this case myself and looking at all the research and everything like that I feel like I need closure from just reading it so it's unimaginable what his family are going through so yeah please share this video with your friends because you never know what information somebody in their memory so it might be worth just sharing this video to get this case out there in the media and get the attention on this case so that is all for today's case. I hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to jump over to my channel and just take a look at some of our content. I'd be so happy for you to join me. Thank you all so much for watching this guest episode in my Curious Case True Crime series. I hope you enjoy Zoe's content just as much as I do. I should be uploading videos again with just me in them very soon, so don't you worry, I'm coming back. I've only just got over having the flu, and then there's other stuff going on, but I'm getting over it all. The universe is, is coming back. I'm positivity i'm being positive i'm gonna come back it's okay i'll be back i'll i'll be back i'll be back if you're new here i usually upload two videos a week one on wednesdays which is usually a light-hearted video and one on sundays which is this kind of curious case true crime episode don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time that i post and with all that being said i'll see you in the next video
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, Katie. Stop. Hey, Katie.